Season is just about here, fellas, ladies, which means a lot of you are getting your man cave. And I guess, is there such a thing as a woman cave? I've never heard that before. But at any rate, I know a lot of you are getting your domains ready for your football watching. Great place to add an additional item or two, auctionofchampions.com. If you've checked me out on social media Twitter and Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I have been tweeting and posting and whatever awesome, awesome different memorabilia items that auctionofchampions.com has. And from my buddies that are really into memorabilia, they tell me that all of the different things as it relates to auction of champions make it so awesome zero percent buyer's premium no reserves every item's a hundred percent fully certified if you, even if you're looking to get rid of stuff out of your man cave or woman cave you can consign stuff with them so a lot of good options that you can take advantage of at auctionofchampions.com it's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast presented by the dudes over at Podcast One. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today. At betonline.ag when you use the code PODCAST1. Again, betonline.ag, code PODCAST1. We are the show that's so nice, we do it twice. He is the star on almost every single episode, except for this one. We got a little O-line, Tears of Evan style. He is Evan, but I'm the O-line guy. Evan Silva from RotoWorld.com. Hopefully you already read all of his stuff and you absorb everything that RotoWorld.com has to offer. It's amazing. You look at any of the rankings out there. Evan consistently a top five fantasy expert in the galaxy, and I think he's the best, which is why he's the co-host of the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast. Check him out on Twitter at Evan Silva. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, journeyman, O-lineman for seven years. That's trying to give you a little bit of an edge here. You know, we know we talk about the players all the time. And on tomorrow's show, it's another very important show before your draft. I mean, the O-line tiers that I'm going to do today, Evan, that is, is like a separator for people, right? It can be a a tiebreaker goes to the team with the better or worse O-line. Obviously better, but tiebreaker the other way if it's the worse offensive line. So something to keep an eye on. Some of this you already know. Some of this I think some of you will be a little bit surprised by. And then the preseason risers and fallers is really important because you have to pay attention to the preseason because things have happened. And if you just go into your draft – just basing it on last year or what you thought in the off season, you're going to be at a competitive disadvantage. You just are. And that's not 
what you're looking for. You're looking for tears of Ross. You're looking to win. And you want to hear Evan's preseason risers and fallers tomorrow. And by the way, there's a lot of different ways that you can make money with the Fantasy Feast football knowledge that we give you. Have you seen some of the deals going on right now at DraftKings.com? The leader in one-week fantasy sports? It's amazing. I think a lot of you already know at DraftKings, you are the GM. You pick your players. You stay under the cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition every week. There's no waiting. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. You can play every week. To celebrate week one, this is amazing. DraftKings is hosting a free, free team pick'em promo. So you guys know about the Daily Fantasy part, but now they got a team pick'em promo. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com now and use code FEAST. All you have to do is pick at least half of the winning teams correctly and you'll win a share of a million bucks. Did you hear that? You get money if you pick half the winning teams. You get money if you pick half the winning teams. You can totally do that. That's code FEAST only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Pick'em for details. Let's do it, Evan. Give the people what they want. Bri, let's hear it. Tears of Evan, but Rossi style. Would you know my name? Or at least my O-line rankings. If I gave them to you on the show. Will I win my league? If I'm following Evan. It'll certainly help, that's for sure. Am I drafting Zeke? Uh, I don't know. Wait to hear my own line ranking for the if Cowboys. I'm following Evan. And Ross for his O-line tears. I'm at the turn. Two picks to burn. But I know I won't go wrong. Tears of Evan. Rossi O-line style. So, I'm glad we're doing the preseason risers and fallers tomorrow, Evan, because it's really interesting. You know, I had these rankings for the O-lines before preseason, and I've had to change them a decent amount based on both things I've seen and the injuries, which is a good lesson for all the people that say preseason doesn't matter, that's a joke. It absolutely does matter, mm-hmm. and I know that just based on how I've had to adjust my O-line rankings over from the last three weeks, Evan. Yeah, really, and I mean, all right, well, that's good to hear some confirmation on that from an actual NFL player as well who played for multiple teams, um, so I, I like to hear that. I mean, every year we gain major edges from uh, – paying attention to the preseason and every year I see people jump in, you know, they, they don't pay attention to football all off season. They jump in during the preseason, like late in the preseason, try to tell us, Oh, the preseason doesn't matter. 
And, you know, these are the people that end up finish, finishing 10th out of 12 in their fantasy league. So, um, you know, those they're the fish. We call them the fish, and we're, we're all trying to be sharks. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. I guess I have one, two, three. I have four categories for the O-line. Um, and in tier one, I have four tiers, not categories, four tiers for the O-line. I only have four teams in the top tier, which is tier one, which I would classify as the elite offensive lines in the league. Um, clearly, the Philadelphia Eagles, I have them at number one. Uh, you know, they did have some struggles with Big V Vitae at left tackle this preseason, but Jason Peters is expected to return at left tackle, and as long as he returns to form, I think they're once again the best offensive line in the league. Their right side is probably, I'd have to go through it, but it's probably the best side of a line in the league right now. Uh, Brandon Brooks, I don't think people realize how good he is. Lane Johnson's excellent. I mean, those guys are both really, really good. So I've got the Eagles in at the top of Tier 1. The Saints have a very good offensive line as well. Even if Andrews Pete's been a little bit disappointing based on where they drafted him, they have a very good offensive line. The Steelers are at three, Evan. They are an elite offensive line, and they have been. I guess the concern with the Steelers now would be their depth a little bit after losing Chris Hubbard in free agency to the Cleveland Browns, the Steelers always had Hubbard or had a guy that if somebody went down, they could plug him right in. I do think that Finney and Filer have done a decent job inside. I'm not sure that Chakuma Okorafor is ready at offensive tackle from a depth standpoint, so that would be the one concern about the Steelers. And the final offensive line that I think is elite is the Atlanta Falcons, really solid across the board. The one position that was a weakness last year was right guard, and I think that they believe that they've solidified that by bringing in the former Viking and Niner veteran right guard, Brandon Fusco, who's not a great player at this stage, but he is an upgrade over what they had, I think, last year in Schweitzer, which is why you know he was able to beat him out. I just saw that the last couple of days. So that would be uh, my elite four. And, yes, there is a a notable team that's not in there, Evan, but that's for good reason. I'll get to them in a little bit. Yep, I noticed that, and we will be talking about them in the next tier, which is a pretty big tier. Uh, what stands out to me about these four is that they all have great continuity. I think that they're all bringing back all five starters, um, except for the, uh, the Falcons, which you mentioned, with uh, Fan- Brandon Fusco at right guard. He's been competing with Wes Schweitzer. Um, Ray- uh, Ramon Foster has been out at left guard for the Steelers, um, out all preseason. I think that he's due back by week one, but, e- but if- even if they don't bring him back, they do have B.J. Finney, who has made starts for them in the past. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really what stands. I mean, first of all, we have seen these offensive lines play at high levels, and they're at least bringing back four or five starters, if not all five. 
Tier two are the, the, the lines I think are above average, and usually that means that they're very good, but there's, there's one position or two maybe even that are especially concerning to me, which is really not the case for the four elite ones. The four elite ones, I feel pretty good about all five spots. Uh, these other ones, they've usually got some dudes, some studs I really like, but there's still some question marks. So I'll just go through them. Five is Oakland. Six is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seven is the Tennessee Titans. Eight is the Green Bay Packers. Nine, the Dallas Cowboys. Ten, the Baltimore Ravens. Eleven, Cleveland Browns. Twelve, L.A. Rams. Thirteen, New England Patriots. And fourteen, the Washington Redskins. And several of these jump out to me. You know, Quickly, some of them I want to spend more time on than others. For the Raiders, their interior trio is amazing. Kaleche Osemele is like my favorite dude in the league to watch. He and Ryan Jensen. I don't know what the Ravens do to find these guys, but they're both former Ravens, and they're both mean as hell. I love the way they play. The only way you should play, blocking people isn't fun. Trying to hurt people, not injure, but trying to physically hurt people, trying to hit them as hard as you can so that they suffer. That's what's freaking fun. I love KO. I love Jensen. More on that later. The Jags already had a pretty decent O-line, and then they upgraded with Andrew Norwell at left guard, and I think that they think, He'll be able to, to help Cam Robinson uh, you know, in his second year. So I think that was a smart move by them. I think that it was not just, Evan, about getting Norwell in there, but I think that they feel like that will help get Cam Robinson to the next level, who did some decent things as a rookie. The Titans at seven, they're an interesting bunch because you know the status of Conklin is still up in the air a little bit. And I, I thought they were a little disappointing, actually, last year. I thought they kind of took a little bit of a step back. I was expecting more. They had everybody back last year, and they've got some dudes like Taylor Lewan and Conklin, but just left a little bit to be desired last year. Eight, the Packers, uh, they've got some really good pass protectors, especially at tackle. And it looks like, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, that Bulaga is okay. At nine, I have the Dallas Cowboys, and... You and I got a lot of uh, tweet, Twitter interaction at Ross Tucker NFL at Evan Silva because you mentioned about you know the interior trio for the Cowboys, which was you know Connor Williams has not looked great as a rookie at left guard. You now have sort of the linchpin and the keystone of the line, Travis Frederick with Guillen Barre syndrome. You know, hearing Dr. David Chow on the medical minute on Monday's edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which, by the way, Evan, is going to be a huge edge for both fantasy players and uh, as well as uh, gamblers. Every Monday morning, he's going to send me Sunday night two to three minutes on the important injuries from Sunday, and I'm going to have that on a Monday morning edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, so you'll know ahead of other people what the deal is with these injuries because his success rate is really good. But he mentioned uh, there's really some legitimate concerns about whether or not Frederick will be able to play this year if he does try to play, how healthy he'll be. And, you know, Tyron Smith has chronic back issues, 
And Lyle Collins, I thought, was up and down last year. So there's a lot of kind of question marks there. You also mentioned Zach Martin. He's back at practice. He'll play, but he's fighting through something. The Ravens get Yanda and Alex Lewis back. Really like both those guys. I think Orlando Browns played well as a rookie in the preseason. They've got good depth with Hurst. I like I like the Ravens line a lot. Petonio has been solid at left tackle, which was the major question for the Browns. The Rams do uh, have to play without Jamon Brown first couple games. Some of their players, I think Sullivan and Whitworth, are like mid to late 30s at this point. The Patriots are on Nate Solder loss watch, but Trent Brown's been pretty good in the preseason. They also lost Isaiah Wynn, which hurts their depth. He tore his Achilles, their first-round pick. And finally, the Washington Redskins, you know, they were decimated by injury last year. But when they're healthy, they're a pretty darn good offensive line. I think Adrian Peterson has a chance to really do something behind that group. Any any additional thoughts or observations there, Evan? Uh, yeah, the, the Cowboys fans do not want to hear uh, about anything factual having to deal with their offensive line. I mean, I literally laid out facts. Uh, regarding the, the state of their line, uh, their their left guard, Connor Williams, who was supposed to be a top 10 pick entering his final season at Texas, struggled his final season and wound up being, you know, a top 50 pick, um, which is still a high pick, but it wasn't where he was supposed to be. And then he's he has struggled in the preseason going up against uh, DeForest Buckner and, and Geno Atkins. And are, are those, you know, two of the best defensive in, interior players in the league? Absolutely. But guess who's on deck for week one? Friggin' K1 Short and Don Terry Poe. So it's not like it gets a whole lot easier <clears throat> for Connor Williams, who only he his combine weigh-in was 294 pounds. I mean, he's he's an undersized dude. He's he's still growing into his body, and it's not out of the ordinary for rookie offensive linemen to struggle whatsoever. So that's not surprising. Zach Mark Martin has a a hyper extended slash bruised knee and he's questionable for week one probably more on the probable side of questionable but that's still a concern and then um their center may not play this season so you know look this is this is the foundation of their team you know this is this is their strength as a a 53-man roster and if there are even the slightest bit of concern about the effectiveness of the, the, the strength of your roster, what you have built your entire team philosophy about uh, around, that's something worth discussing. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a fanatic of the team or not. What all right, But I think that we can agree if, hey, you know, everything kind of breaks right for the Cowboys, they can be, they can finish in that elite tier. Is there another group? And I have one in mind, and I want to see if it will be the same one as you, as you or, you know, even if not, we can talk about it. Is there a group from this tier that you think could make the leap into that first tier this year? Hmm. Um, well, I think the Cowboys could if they, you know, yes. if those guys are all healthy. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think a decent amount of them. Could I, I'm going to go. I'll go Redskins and potentially, potentially Packers, and maybe even Titans and Jags. I know that's a lot, 
Who did you have in mind? I was thinking Jags. I was thinking Jags. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, I think that they're really strong um, at four of the five positions, and then A.J. Can at right guard is kind of a, um, a qu- more of a question mark. He might be a guy, I know that he's in his contract here, he might be a guy that they let walk after this season, or hey, maybe he'll have, you know, a breakout year. Um, but, and I also like the way that their that their season sets up, like Warren Sharp has them um, with, I think, the second softest schedule in, in the league, or the third softest schedule in the league, and just playing weaker opponents can can make your team look better. And in the way that they play, you know, I, we've talked about this in the past, I think that offensive linemen like to run block better than pass than they do to pass protect. I, I think so. Um, hey, you know, if they can get that group rolling and keep those guys healthy, and with the addition of Norwell, um, I think that 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 might be the offensive line that I think could could take a real leap this year. I think that last year they were maybe average to above average, um, <clears throat> and now I think that they can maybe maybe take the next step. Yeah, I mean, if you're an offensive lineman. And you don't prefer run blocking over pass blocking, I would be concerned about you uh, because that tells me you're, you're more of a passive person than an aggressive person, right? I mean, run blocking, you get to, you know, come off the rock, hit somebody, try to knock them backwards as opposed to pass blocking where, you know, you really, you know, you, you don't want to be catching. You still want to be physical. You still want to punch him, whatever. But you don't really have a chance to be nearly as much of an aggressor. Um, the teams, I think, that were noteworthy out of that second group, by the way, in terms of big differences from a year ago, Cowboys, Ravens, and Redskins all for injury issues, right? So I think Ravens and Redskins could be much improved and Cowboys could take a decent step back because of injuries. Tier three are just kind of the average lines, right? Like, they're they're okay. I don't know that they're a a liability, but they're, they're nothing special either. And they are the Chargers, Lions, Bears, 49ers, although they haven't played as well in the preseason as I guess I was hoping they would. The Bucks, the Bengals, Chiefs, Colts, who have also been a little disappointing, by the way, despite all the additions they've made there. Dolphins, Giants, Vikings, and the Seahawks. I had them poor before the preseason. They've been pretty good. I mean, I have them in the average category, but before you even ask me, Evan, they have a chance to be in the above average category based on how they perform so far in the preseason. And I think that's a combination of uh, not only the personnel, I think Mike Solari is doing a, a really good job with them as the offensive line coach and Brian Schottenheimer as the coordinator. And it doesn't really speak all that well, by the way, of Tom Cable. You know, some of the teams I have highlighted to speak about. For the Chargers, you know, you're still wondering about the interior trio with the injuries to Pouncey and the young guys at guard. I think Forrest Lamp's about to play his first game ever uh, tomorrow night. The Lions have invested draft picks. I think they got Glasgow at the right spot. Everybody liked Ragnow at left guard. But now it's like, all right, dudes, now come together. The Bears' interior trio has tremendous potential. 
The Niners have invested with Richburg and McGlinchey. The Bucks. I said earlier, I love, love, love Ryan Jensen. They also, though, um, you know, get below average play probably from left tackle and right guard. The Bengals have a chance to be a lot better than last year because, mm-hmm. frankly, they could not have possibly been worse. I mean, they were terrible. They, they, they did something that's very rare. They took first and second round offensive tackles in the same draft that both stink. That's hard to do. That, that's not easy to do. I mean, Jake Fisher at least is uh, somewhat serviceable and has had, like, crazy health issues. Cedric he's just terrible. And they took him in the first round. Uh, the Chiefs, I like the right side of their line. You know, that's a better right, one of the better right sides with uh, the, the French doctor, um, LTD, and Mitch Schwartz, who does a nice job going against the Von Millers and the Khalil Max and all those guys. The Colts, like I said, I thought they'd be a little bit better with all everything. They got veterans in there like Slauson. They've got Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith. They still haven't quite come along. Denzel Good's been hurt. Muhort retired. Uh, the Costanza's Dolphins have actually been, been all right. Costanza's yes, been good too. point. Yes, good point, good point. You know, it's funny. It's like when the guy's in and out, you remember that more than when the guy is just out. The Giants, obviously, we know about their new left side of the line. Uh, the Vikings have a chance to not even be average. You know, I, I highlighted the Vikings and Giants, Bengals, and Seahawks as teams that have a chance to be a lot better or a lot different than last year. Bengals, uh, Giants, and Seahawks, it's almost like it'd be hard for them to be worse. Vikings, because of the injury issues and the loss of Tony Sperano, the tragic loss, they, they're going to take a step back. It's just a matter of how much of a step back. But that's kind of the teams I have as average and the teams that I think needed to be especially highlighted there. Yeah, good stuff. The Vikings, um, I, I'm scared. I'm a, I'm a little worried. You know, they're going to have to, I think, scheme their offense. And Pat Shermer was great at doing this, and he, of course, is now the Giants' head coach. But scheme their offense, I think, to, they got to get the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands quickly. Um, and we will delve into uh, the potential negative impact of the Vikings' offensive line on the preseason risers and fallers list. As it pertains to Dalvin Cook, uh, they had to place uh, their left guard, Nick Easton, on injured reserve already. And their center, Pat Elfline, who I believe was a second-round pick last year, um, he is not going to be ready for week one and may open the season on reserve PUP, although they say that they're optimistic that he won't have to do that. And then uh, their right guard, Mike Remmers, is transitioning from tackle to guard. So he's playing a different position. And all the good offensive line analysts that I know, you know, that or they talk about this a lot, like Jeff Schwartz and stuff, they, they say that it's, you know, it's difficult. And, I, and I'm, sure, I'm sure that you said this, too. It is difficult to make those, those position switches, or at least it's much more difficult than the public thinks. Um, and then at tackle, I mean, th- those guys are serviceable. Riley Reef, I think, is serviceable. Rashad Hill, I- I'm not so sure. Um, I know that they both had bad run-blocking grades from Pro Football Focus 
last year. So there's really a concern almost at every position on that offensive line, and they're going to have to kind of scheme their offense around that, I believe. Yep, uh, and that's exactly – the good news is Cousins can and and will get the ball out quickly. And, yeah. you know, on some level he's used to this because he was de- – the, the Redskins were decimated by injury last year. So – on some level, he's kind of used to that. Finally, Evan, um, the final tier, these are the teams that are really poor along the offensive line. This is the fourth and final tier. Uh, I got the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, the New York Jets, the Arizona Cardinals, the Buffalo Bills, and the Houston Texans. I do think the Broncos have a chance to at least be average, um, and the Cardinals have been a little bit a little bit better in this preseason than I thought. The Panthers, it's just too much, man. I, I mean, Khalil having surgery and didn't look good. The left tackle, Matt Khalil, it's been a revolving door at left guard. I think they might end up going with uh, Ivy League journeymen, who they're usually the best players in the NFL. They should be MVPs. But Greg Van Roten might end up being the left guard while mm. Silatolu's out. Um, we know Ryan Khalil They, they got Van Roten from the CFL, I think. I know, I know. You know what I love about that? I, I, if you're a Penn grad, uh, and I think he graduated from Wharton, like you know, one of the top business schools in the country, and you go to the CFL – you freaking love football, dude. Like oh, you, yeah. you love football, and so I, li- I, I love that guy. And then uh, at right tackle, Taylor Moten looked at left tackle the other day. So if they get him back to right tackle, they might be okay. Um, you know, if Khalil, if they might have to slide left a lot, and hopefully North Turner realizes this and just have Trey Turner and Taylor Moten be the guys one on one on the right side. The thing that's really interesting to me about the bottom tier, Evan, is like Jets, Cardinals, Bills, all three of those are teams that took first-round pick quarterbacks in the top 11 or 12 picks. Like, that's a real bad combo. You know, when you see rookies that have success, there's usually, like, remember Dak Prescott? The Cowboys were easily the best O-line in the league that year. Or even Wentz, the Eagles had a really good offensive line. Even Russell Wilson, the Seahawks O-line was actually pretty good, and they ran the ball pretty well that year when Russell Wilson was a rookie. So that's, that's, especially, um, that's especially concerning, I would say, for those rookie quarterback situations, Darnold and Allen especially, because it looks like they're going to play before, before Rosen will. Yeah, I'm not sure if you had a chance to catch the Bills' third preseason game with Josh Allen in there, but my goodness gracious, man, that was a disaster. I mean, I, I, you know, that they're they're not going to have a functional offense if they're blocking like that. They lost a ton of talent, man. I mean, they lost Eric Wood to retirement. Richie Incognito is, you know, like in jail somewhere. Um, their uh, left tackle, you know, Cordy Glenn. I mean, I th- they, they, they do have the optimism on Deion Dawkins, but it would be nice to have those guys back and then have Deion Dawkins at right tackle and have Cordy Glenn as your left tackle. You know, then you're talking about a pretty darn good offensive line. 
And right now, I mean, I, I would be legitimately worried about that. That's another thing that we're going to talk about in our preseason risers and fallers as it pertains to uh, LaShawn McCoy. So check out that show. A lot of this is going to carry over and have carryover value into that show as well. All right. So now that you got all of that knowledge, now that we dropped O-line tier bombs, now you take that and use it to your advantage whether it's in your fantasy league or at Podcast One. Using the code Podcast One at betonline.ag. You get a 50% sign up bonus today. 50%. Betonline.ag. They are your online sports book experts. Heck, maybe you want to make the Thursday night, week four preseason games a little more interesting. Go for it, or maybe you're just starting to get your season win total numbers in, whatever. Hopefully you guys already listened to the Even Money podcast, so you hear our tips on that. But either way, it's betonline.ag, and it's the promo code PODCAST1. That is the key to get your 50% welcome bonus. It is free, free money. Speaking of free money, by the way, you will get some more free money on tomorrow's edition of the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. It is going to be epic because we will go over Evan's preseason risers and fallers. Very, very important. And by the way, you will also learn the final three contestants in the Fantasy Feast Eaton Redraft League. So if you send in a sponsor confirmation email, send if you haven't yet, send it to us now. Take advantage of it. Or if you already have, make sure you listen to Evan's preseason risers and fallers tomorrow so you know where you stack up and you know whether or not you actually are in the league and get to go head-to-head against us by the way speaking of head-to-head you want to dominate your fantasy league squad ql dudes squad ql the only mobile app it is awesome absolutely awesome but i'm going to tell you more about that on tomorrow's show now i want to tell you about pro football focus because it's incredible you know you guys already know that it's the best way to get evals and grades and all the players on your team, right? So all the players on your fantasy team, all the players on your team team, no matter what, make sure you have profootballfocus.com. I'd say in the last week or so, I've gotten several people that have sent me sponsor confirmation emails saying, look, Ross, I signed up for Pro Football Focus. I wanted to get, you know, PFF Elite, so I got the premium stats database, the green line game picks, and I wanted to be able to evaluate all the players. I love Pro Football Focus, so I love it. I love that you guys are into it. Sign up at ProFootballFocus.com. Use promo code POD20 to save 20% on all subscription plans. Even if you just want the evals of the players or for the fantasy football stuff, POD20 at profootballfocus.com. Totally, totally stuffed, but can't wait for tomorrow.
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.